That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up? Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of Sober Guy Radio. What's going down in your neck of the woods? I'm up here in Northern California trying to uh, stay sober, trying to love life, trying to live a healthy, positive lifestyle and do the best I can. Put one foot in front of the other. And that's all I could do. Much love to you. Much love to the community of Sober Guy Radio. I want to say a big thanks to everybody contributing in the Sober Guy, Sober Girl private Facebook group. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. There's been a lot of activity in there in the private group, and uh, we're going to go over. I, I wrote down some talking points um, for some of the uh, questions and uh, some of the conversation that was going on in there. Of course, I'm not going to name any names or anything, but I wanted to get into that a little bit and uh, talk about how how that group is just offering just a massive amount of support to so many different people all over the place. and. Um, it's offered all the time because it's Facebook. So, I mean, you can really log in at any time and, and get some get some advice or see something cool. So we're going to get into that in this episode. We're also going to talk to Brandon Stump of the Ohio House. And uh, let me talk a little bit first about the Ohio House. This is, this is a mission statement I want to read off of the Ohio House website. And it's a brotherhood. And uh, it says, the Ohio House is best described as a brotherhood. Our average age is 24 years old, and our average length of stay is seven months. The Ohio House empowers men to achieve long-lasting sobriety and, most importantly, happiness and health. Our community strives to create a lasting foundation that is built of integrity, trust, safety, accountability, support, and fun. Um, here's a quick little testimony from, uh, from Matthew. You can find this on their website as well at ohiohouse.com. During my life-changing experience at the Ohio House, I was given a golden opportunity to better my physical condition. I got involved in both personal training and boxing while bettering my spiritual self. And that's something uh, Brandon and I talked a little bit about, um, about the activities involved in the Ohio House, how it's helping to change young men's lives, coming out of treatment and going right into a sober living home. And um, Brandon and his brother, Ryan, both operate with a with a strong team, um, you know, next to them as well. Operate, I believe it's thirteen houses in Costa Mesa, Orange County area, down in Southern California. And I got the opportunity to meet Brandon at the Nashville Conference Innovations in in uh, Behavioral Health Conference that I was out at a couple weeks ago. So we're going to talk to him and hear some of his story, and then uh, get to know him a little bit and talk about how the Ohio House started. It ends up today, you know, they have 13 houses and they're helping men, you know, all over the place get sober and stay sober. And at that, do it in in a cool, real, honest, um, you know, like down to earth, no bullshit kind of way. And I love that, man. I really do. That's that's really what this platform is about. And um, and I love that approach to it. And Brandon's the type of guy when you hear him you'll kind of realize that he's a no bullshit kind of dude himself. And that's, I think why I, I really connected with him too. He reminded me a lot of Seth 
you guys have heard Seth, maybe maybe you haven't. If you haven't, go back and listen to some of the episodes with my, my one of my best friends, Seth Manter. He's been on the show quite a few times. Big big part of my recovery and uh, process of me getting sober. And he kind of they kind of remind me of each other, man. Both big dudes with big hearts. So we're gonna talk to Brandon here in just a little bit. First, a word from our sponsor. At Foundations Recovery Network, our mission is to create lifetime relationships for long-term recovery. In our history of doing good is the promise of your future getting better. So if you or someone you love needs help, please know we are here to help. And the sign on our door says, we care. We create an individualized treatment plan for the whole person, for the whole you, because to us, you matter. The first step to recovery is heroic. We know that. And with our heroes in recovery movement, we honor those who have taken that step toward recovery and stand up for you and stand beside you and stand together to break the stigma placed on addiction. Call our confidential and private line at 877-714-1318. We are here to help you. And help has a phone number, 877-714-1318. Make the call. We're listening. We're Foundations Recovery Network. All right. Thanks to Foundations Recovery for their support of Sober Guy Radio. Much love to them. Keep them in your uh, in your thoughts. And if you need any assistance, any help, uh, looking for any good resources, you can always find them at foundationsrecoverynetwork.com. Are you looking for a sober motivational companion app for tracking your sobriety? If you are, you can use the I Am Sober app. And I personally use it because it's fucking rad. And it's like two bucks. And it is, uh, it keeps me on point. It gives me my daily motivationals at 5 a.m. every morning. I, I wake up and I get my little quick quote along with my Bible quote to start my day. And um, the I Am Sober motivational companion app is for tracking your sobriety. Along with tracking your sobriety, it helps you reach key milestones like seven days or one month. And it sends you daily motivation along the way. You can also combine your stats with sober clubs and meet fellow sobriety seekers. You can find it on the App Store, Google Play, or you can visit imsoberapp.com. Did you hear that? I didn't even do it now. App. There it is. There it is. There it is. App. I don't know. I do weird stuff sometimes. My apologies. Okay. Check that out. I am sober app. It's pretty rad. Actually, I didn't do the quote, did I? Let's do the quote real quick. Let's see what today's quote was. I like to read those. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I like this one. Hardships often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destiny. C.S. Lewis. All right, let's do the iTunes review of the week, and then we're gonna get in. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get to the to the conversation with Brandon. But you know, being that it was live in Nashville, and being that um, you know we were kind of on a schedule, some of these Nashville episodes only ended up being fifteen to twenty minutes. And so I think in this case with Brandon's, it is only about 15 or 20 minutes. So what I'm going to do after we do the iTunes review of the week is I'm going to go over um, an email that we recently got that really stood out that I thought was great. I don't get to read enough of these. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some of the points that have came up in the group. Um, And um, we'll talk about them a little bit. And I'd like to give a little insight on them and and see if... um, you know, how they relate to, to kind of my recovery and how they might relate to yours. 
So the iTunes review of the week, it says, it's titled Had Enough, and it's by Jim. It says, I listened to this podcast all day yesterday. I've been drinking for a decade pretty much every day. I was up to four liters of rum a week. Damn, like a fucking pirate, Jim. Jesus. Oh, sorry, Jesus. I've been trying to cut that out saying Jesus, so my apologies to you, Jesus. You know, I love you. I've tried to sober up multiple times in the past on my own. I never reached out. Because of this podcast, I reach out today to get help, and I'm currently receiving medical treatment. It's only my day one, but Shane might have saved my life. Dude, like that is one of the most humbling um, messages that that I've ever received. And first, uh, thank you, Jim. And I'm so, so glad that, you know, this time you were able to get some professional, you know, medical treatment. Um, that's just a phenomenal message to share with everybody. So I, I really give you mad props for that. Um, even if, you know, if it's an iTunes review, it doesn't matter, man. Just that putting that, those thoughts out there is huge. And, um, I'm super stoked, man, to have that. And then, you know, right next to that or right behind that or right in front of that, however you want to put it, um, I have to give that up to, to the HP, to God, to the higher power, because I honestly, one of my daily prayers is for God to, um, just use me as, as you want to use me. Um, I give it up to you and, and you provide me opportunities to do your work and, uh, to help other people through sharing you know, my experience in, in whatever I can offer. And, um, if that rolled on to you, Jim, man, dude, that's, that's a God thing right there in my eyes. So, uh, much appreciated, much love. Thank you for leaving that review. And, uh, it does mean a lot to the show as well, because it, it helps us to get ranked in iTunes and it helps other people find the show that might be out there searching for some help for sobriety, um, for, for a little advice, for a little, uh, a little entertainment too, man. This, this show isn't all, Yes, it's based around recovery, addiction, substance abuse, all of that stuff. Um, but man, the thing is, is we got to find light in that. You know, we have to find light in a serious situation sometimes. Otherwise, we could go fucking crazy. We got to keep it real like that and have some fun. And that goes back to what we were talking about. Or Sorry, what I was talking about. Um, I say we sometimes because I got like six voices going on inside of my uh, weird cranium in here. But um you know, we got to keep it light. We have to smile. We have to remember, you know, to not, not take ourselves so seriously. That's a huge thing. That's a huge thing for me. I'm, I'm very hard on myself, probably my own worst enemy. Um, you know, probably there's probably nobody harder on myself than me. And I, I've talked about this before, but when I am able to remind myself to lighten up that, Hey, Shane, you ain't perfect. Okay. So it's okay to not know how to do something um, you can learn. And I think that's the beauty of, you know, of being in recovery. Uh, and I think everybody should be in recovery at that. You know, I don't say that like just single and out, Oh, we have a issue with drugs or we have an issue with alcohol. Like we we're in recovery. Yeah, that's okay. That's a given, but I'm talking about life recovery too. Every motherfucker out there should be in some sort of program should be in some sort of life lifestyle recovery in a sense, because we're not born, you know, most of us are not born and bred with the tools that it takes to survive in this crazy ass life, this crazy ass world that we live in. It's just not, it's, it's just not a possible thing, you know, that we automatically just figure these things out. So it's up to us to educate ourselves, 
you know, and I have to educate myself on the daily and try to stay in tune to it, try to stay conscious of it. And it is a tough job. It is not easy. I'm not perfect at it. Um, I, I do the best I can and that's all I can do. And I just, this popped into my head and I'd like to share this. Look at your feet. This comes from Seth. It doesn't come from me. Um, I'm just passing it along. But Seth told me this a while back. I haven't mentioned it in quite a few episodes. Um, but look at your feet. If you feel lost, look down and and check them big old boats out or them little tiny itty bitty feet at wherever, whatever they are, wherever you're at. Just look at them and say, I'm right here in this moment right now. This is where I am. I'm right here. And I'm going to live in the present. I got plenty of shit to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about that. And the past, I can't do a damn thing about. So I'm going to focus on right now doing the best I can. So first, I want to read an email that came in recently. This one comes from Justin. And uh, it's, it's just titled Your Show. And it says, dude, I'm almost four months clean. I've been going to NA and AA meetings at least once a day or multiple times a day for the last four months. It's getting more and more difficult to make NA and AA meetings because now normal life stuff is happening like family, work, working out, and more. I found your show and listen regularly on my drives to and from meeting clients. It's a great substitute for the meetings. Your show is fucking awesome, man. Thank you. (laughs) I feel like you're a friend and we've never even met. Please keep up the awesome work and please put out more shows quickly before I run out. Man, I'm going as fast as I can, Justin. Jeez, man, it's I, I got you, bro. I, you know what? I wish I could do this full time. Uh, and eventually, it's it's my goal to be able to do so. Or I could put out multiple shows a week. So hopefully that comes in the near future. For now, we're stuck with one day unless God wants to come down and grant me like 48 hours in a day. That'd be awesome. Anyways, also, I love your guests. They're inspirational and varied, and it's so damn motivating listening to these people and you. Thanks again, and stay sober, Justin. Thank you, bro. I, I really do appreciate that. It's been a while since I've read um, an email on the show, and um, it feels really good to do that. I, I get, you know, as the community, as the platform has grown, I get so uh, so many messages and emails. It's really, it's it's like, it's impossible for me to keep up with them all on the show and read them all, uh, although, I, I mean, I would love to do that. Maybe... Maybe in the future, you know, the near future, maybe I'll just do a show and just go through a bunch of emails. Maybe that's a good idea. If you, you know, if that's something that you guys might like, let me know. Um, but, and I always try to answer all the messages on Facebook or email, but I just, it's sometimes it's hard to to do that. And so my point to this is, I guess, is I do see everything and I'm glad to be able to to read one of these tonight. And Justin, let me just give you a little feedback, man, on this, um, because I too have been in that boat and am currently in that boat often about the normal life stuff happening. Like I, my family, I have two kids. I have two, I basically have two jobs. I do a corporate show and then I do sober guy. So I have two operations to run and that gets tiring. Um, currently I just started trying to, um, uh, start training for a half marathon I'm running. So exercise, trying to stay healthy, trying to eat right. All of these things play into this, and yes, it it is difficult to fit everything into schedule into the schedule and make it, um, you know, make it work with family life. Keeping my wife happy, keeping my kids happy, keeping daddy happy, you know, keeping everything in in the circle. But I just want to mention this, man, and I, I I learned this from some old school 
OG vets, man, that have been on the sobriety train for a long fucking time. And if if we don't put our recovery first before all of that shit, and I'm not saying that like my kids and my wife and everything is not in is not the most important thing in my life. It it is. But the most important thing in my life too is staying sober. Because if I'm not sober, if I go off of that train, if I if I fall off. Dude, my my life will be a disaster if I have a life anymore. Um, you know, it's it it would it would be completely just destroyed. And so, in order for me to do all the right stuff with you know, like being a dad, you know, being a conscious dad uh, in you know there for my kids, um, you know, not just physically but mentally, uh, being there for my wife, doing a good job on the work that I do. And, and staying passionate about it on this show, on, um, on helping out in, uh, in, in just, com- you know, on, on a community basis too, you know, just working with other friends and, um, and, and family and people in general. And then the corporate show, you know, I have that whole aspect. So if I don't stay on point in my recovery, then all of that stuff means nothing to me. So we really do have to focus on putting that first. And if it means, you know, arranging some things so you can get to a meeting, um, then that's what we need to do. And, and I, and once again, I say this, just like I said before, I'm not telling you, Justin or anyone what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this because I mean this for myself too, because I, I have a hard time balancing this too, even though I know it, it's a daily battle. You know, it's a, it's a daily struggle for us to stay on point. Um, we're never going to be on point a hundred percent perfect but we can do a damn good close. You know, we can get damn close if we really try our best and we really put our, our heart and um, our conscious effort into it. Um, so man, thank you. Thank you again for that. And um, what was the other thing I had noted something else? Um, oh, and that's the other thing, man. It's so important to have a platform. You know, I, hear, I talk about this often. I feel like a broken record. But it's important to have a platform, community of support, whether it's a 12-step program, men's, women's group, church, um, you know, something to hold us accountable, okay? Because obviously, most of us wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now if we were able to hold ourselves accountable. We're not very fucking good at that. That's just, <laughs> that's just a given. So let's get into some of this feedback from the private Sober Guy, Sober Girl group on Facebook. And if you're interested in the group, you can go to Facebook, search Sober Guy, Sober Girl. It'll pop up. There's a bunch of cool people in there from all over, and we're always BSing about some some um, recovery talk and just some funny stuff too. Having some fun and talking about things that matter, you know, really. And uh, we get to offer our own thoughts and our own opinions, and it's a beautiful thing. So I've noticed a ton of activity in there lately. And there's always been some steady activity, but lately it just seems like um, we're getting some more, more people coming into the group. And so welcome. If, uh, if you're hearing this and you're new to the group, um, you know, everybody, it's, it's, everybody contributes and it's a great resource for everyone. So I just want to tell, tell you all that are in the group. Thank you. And if you want to join it, once again, check it out on Facebook, Sober Guy, Sober Girl. Now here's some of the talking points that I kind of I went through I went through the group and I kind of looked at some of the posts from you know today in the last couple of days, and um, these are some of the more recent ones. There's there's been a, a lot of good stuff, but I you know um, I'm gonna go over these ones. And so this first one was the battle between the back and forth or the cycle 
you know, we stay sober for, for a couple days and then we go back and then we stay sober for 40 days and then we go back. Um, you know, that's, that is a very common, a common thing because we want it, you know, in our, in our minds, in our hearts, we want to get sober. We want to stay sober. And so when I say we, let me, let me rephrase that because I still do that till this day. Let me speak from my perspective because that is all I can speak for. I can't speak for anyone else but myself. When I tried multiple times to stop drinking and had these thoughts for years, I had thoughts for years from, you know, at, at least, at least five years. And that's just throwing a number off the top of my head, at least five years, if not longer of consistent, regular thoughts that I want to quit this shit. I want to quit this shit. I want to quit this shit. I want to stop. I want to stop. So I would stop for a week, for two weeks. Um, you know, and, and I still didn't admit that I had a problem at this point. It was just, I, you know, I was just getting out of hand and it was too much and I want to stop. And I'd go back and forth. I'd smoke weed. I would drink. I'd smoke weed. I would drink. Um, I pretty much actually always smoked weed, but I would quit the drinking. And uh, it was an endless cycle an endless cycle of that back and forth, back and forth. And um, I wish I could say what it, exactly it was. Maybe it was pain. Maybe it was guilt. Maybe it was shame. Um, maybe it was a combination of all of that put together. Um, but finally, when I made the decision, it, it's funny, this decision that was finally made. And I knew that when I poured a, a, a glass of vodka with a, a little bit of orange juice in it and, and just smashed it to the face before I told my wife I needed to go to rehab that day, um, I knew that that was going to be my last drink. I never had that feeling before when I, you know, I had those thoughts that I wanted to quit and I would try and I would, I would you know, do good for a short period of time. But it was not the same as this last time that I you know, that I, I made that decision to quit. I was 120. It wasn't just in my mind. It was in my soul. I was so fed up. I knew I was ready to transition. So I don't know if it was a God thing, um, you know, in putting my faith in him, because that's really what I did in, in my higher power. I put that faith in him to, to lay my, you know, to lay my, um, my stresses, my worries, my anxieties, my pain, my struggles, all of the shit, I just, I finally gave up and I gave it to him and I stopped using alcohol to, to cope, you know, and I was done with it. I didn't care anymore about what it took to get there. And that meant going to treatment for me. And so that cycle, what I'm getting at here can only stop once that decision is made. Okay. And I know many of us have, we, we've made the decision, you know, maybe someone out there is thinking, well, how do I know if that's if the I think I made the decision. Well, that's that's not for me to 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 tell you. Unfortunately, I wish I could. I wish I was a fucking genie like that, but I'm not. And uh, that's only for you to know. So, um, I just wanted to give a little insight on that. The next point, um, I feel like alcohol and drugs are holding me back from who I want to be. That was a great point that was that was brought up in there. And uh, yes, the, the alcohol and drugs hold us all back from who you know, from our, our potential to be the people that we're intended to be on this earth, to, to live out our true purpose. Like, have you ever asked yourself, what's your purpose? Um, I asked myself that for years growing up into my twenties, um, into my thirties. I still occasionally ask myself that, but I feel like I found my purpose in the work that I get to do today. But 
you know, that just came in the last couple of years and it didn't start until I cleaned up and, and cut alcohol and drugs out of my life. Then I started to learn who Shane was. I started to learn who I am. And in doing so, it allowed me to start to put the pieces together and, um, you know, and really live out and live up to my full potential, if that makes sense. So until we're able to cut those, you know, those prohi- or those, uh, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is inhibiting or prohibiting forces, something like that. Something that I thought sounded smart, but it really just sounded dumb. So <laughs> the way it came off, but you know what I'm getting at? It It's a roadblock. There's a roadblock there. If, if, if we're using, you know, to suppress who we really are inside. And, you know, hey, if you feel out there, you know, you're listening, you feel like there's more to life, I can promise you there is. And what you're feeling right now is 100% normal. And it's your intuition, it's your gut. It is something inside of your soul that is telling you there's more out there. And I know that because I felt it and I continue to feel it inside of me. And it lives in all of us. And it's uniquely different in every single one of us, but it lives in all of us. And you can call it God. You can call it your higher power. You can call it your spirit. You can call it the universe. I don't give a fuck what you call it, but it lives there and it is there. So listen to it because it's telling you something. This next one, chronic relapser or the newcomer, um, putting a few days together is a big, is a big accomplishment for many people. And this was noted in there. And I thought this was great. Like we got to learn to give ourselves some credit. So if you're in that back and forth phase right now, you know, you're going for a few days, you're going, you know, then you're going back, you're going for a few days. It's easy to beat ourselves up over that. Um, you know, I, you know, I personally, I think that I, and I already mentioned this, I'm my own worst critic. So, you know, if I'm doing, if I'm in that back and forth state, I'm going to beat myself all to hell over that. When in fact, what we should be doing is yes, I'm not saying justify, you know, the means not don't justify what you're doing. Don't make excuses about it. But if you go for five days, man, slap your fucking leg and say, yeah, shit, I went for five days today. And then don't worry about that though. Once you come to that, just focus on the right now, focus on that, that day you're in. And then when you get to the next day, when, when, when you wake up the next day, if you're blessed to do so, which should be a, a common theme in all of our lives, you know, realizing that it's a gift to wake up every day just to take a breath, uh, that puts some shit into perspective. And then we can really look at life on life's terms, not Shane's terms, not your terms, because, you know, those, those circumstances, we can't really, you know, we can't really fix those or control those. Um, so give yourself some credit, give yourself some grace. Don't beat yourself up. Understand that this is a process. It's a journey. Everyone's is different and it's going to take time and patience, determination, all of those cool motivational words that you already know. And I'm not going to sit here and repeat. Um, all right. And this is the last one. And then we're going to get to Brandon and I appreciate if you've hung in there this long, I appreciate you hanging in and, uh, and, and listening to, some of these thoughts because I don't do this as often as I used to. There was, there was, there was someone in the group, you know, one of the last things he put in, in there was try to be good to yourself today. So you know who you are, who wrote that. I don't want to say the name for, you know, it's a private group, 
but thank you for putting that. And that was really cool because try to be good to yourself today. You know, just try that. Try to let yourself enjoy some, you know, whatever's going on in your, in your day today, you know, like yourself, love yourself, be good to yourself. Um, that's a huge, that's a huge step and it's a hard thing to do for many of us. I know it's hard for me. It's been hard for me in the past. It is hard for me to do sometimes, but I'm going to do it. And, uh, I hope you do it too. Now let's get to Brandon Stump from the Ohio house recorded live at the innovations in behavioral health conference in Nashville, Tennessee, brought to you by foundations recovery network. All right, what's up? We're coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee at the Innovations in Behavioral Healthcare sponsored by Foundations Recovery Network. Got a friend of mine, Brandon Stump here from the Ohio House. Brandon, what's up, man? How are you today? I'm doing wonderful, man. Thank you very much. Great to have you on today, man. Um, I'm excited to hear a little bit about your story and about the Ohio House, how it started. Um, it's really grown into something that is truly amazing, man, helping out a lot of men out there. Um, can you tell us first, let's let's start with you, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from, and uh, what you're up to today, man. Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, you got to bear with me. I lost my voice last night screaming for my Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. They- we uh, won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of that, myself being from the Bay Area, Brandon being from Ohio, we had that battle between the uh, Golden State Warriors versus Cleveland Cav- Cavaliers, and you guys came out on top, man. So congrats on that. Hey, thank you very much. Most most Warrior fans want to say that Steph, Steph lost the game for you guys, but you, you actually gave respect. We earned it, and uh, it feels for good. For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, It was super exciting, man. Uh, you guys deserve it, that's for sure. So, yeah, my name is Brandon Stump. I'm uh, 31 years old. Born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, you know uh, what happened was uh, you know I couldn't get sober out there, yeah. so I so I ran away to California. Couldn't get sober there either for a little while, yeah. but uh, you know I thought Ohio was the problem, and it, it turned out to be me. Sure, <laughs> that strategic uh, relocation. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's very very common, I think. Uh, let me ask you this, man. It's kind of a kind of an interesting question, I guess. What's the craziest, most ridiculous thing you ever experienced, man, doing, doing drugs or alcohol? Like, explain the madness of it. Okay. I mean, we could, we could go all day about that stuff. Sure. You know, I was addicted to heroin, and uh, I couldn't kick it. Um, I guess uh, a uh, story that uh, comes to, to mind um, is the fact that when I was 21 years old, I uh, was living in an apartment in Toledo, Ohio, and uh, at that point, I couldn't drink any longer. I uh, had three ulcers uh, from from wow. drug uh, from alcohol abuse, and I had uh, only option to stop drinking, but it didn't stop me from using heroin, and it actually projected that even further. And um, I stayed in a um, a high-rise apartment here outside of Toledo, Ohio, and uh, I didn't leave that room for six months straight. And uh, every single morning, I would throw up blood. And, uh, and every single night, I would uh, go to bed, um, high on heroin, and wake up and do it all over again until I fell out. Man, dude, that's crazy. So when, when you're waking up on those days, um, are you telling yourself, like, I, I'm going to quit? Is it that pattern? Or oh, yeah. is it just like, because I know how that can be where you're just, it's, it's that constant guilt and shame of like, damn, I know what I'm doing is just destroying myself. But at the same time, it's, it, you're so addicted to it. What can you do? Yeah. I mean, at that time in life, it wasn't at that point. Uh, it wasn't a, at the point of using against my will. At that point in my life, I was fully uh, wanting to do that. So I'd, it, I'd wake it. up at two in the afternoon 
And uh, the first thought was, well, I need to go do this. Yeah. And uh, it was just a job. And I would do it all day and all night, and then I'd fall asleep. And it, it wasn't it wasn't at the point yet where I was like, I don't want to be doing this. I enjoyed it, and it was just my life. It's all I knew. So yeah, it was yeah. just work. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up, man, because I have uh, my Aunt Wanda. She was a, um, a heroin junkie for over 20 years. She's I think she's uh, 15 years clean now. But she's she described the exact same thing. She goes, she goes Shane, it, it was like it was getting up every day. And it was like going to work. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get high because they, you know, obviously, you do things that you normally wouldn't do to get, you know, to get to get high to feel better. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, explain, explain like who who you once were, and who you are today, man. What's oh. the difference in that? Okay, like who I once was, like when I was growing up, or who I once was when I was addicted to heroin. Why don't you? Talk about who. Talk about the transformation. Who you once were before you got addicted to heroin, and yeah, then I mean, I was the guy. That. I was the guy that you know when saw when I saw a mom, it was like let's do bear hugs. You know, I'd get yeah. I'd grab my mom and I'd give her a big ass bear hug, and uh, <laughs> I just squeeze. I was known for my bear hugs. I was a good kid. You know, I grew up. Yeah. I played sports, and uh, I was just happy. I had friends. I was out there doing things. I mean, I grew up. I mean, I would pick pick uh, zucchinis out of my neighbor's backyards and go door to door and sell them to the housewives and I'd sell $20 zucchinis I'd <laughs> no paint way. rocks and go door to door and sell them I knew the neighborhood yeah. I was always hustling I was always getting money a little bit was, of entrepreneurship yeah, yeah. in there I was always age. doing something yeah. and uh, and then when I got addicted to heroin that, that all went out the window and, and really when I started drinking even uh, that all went out the window and this new version of Brandon came to town yeah. and uh, it, I was just you know I still wanted that attention I still liked that uh, but I was a maniac my nickname was Hurricane Stomp. I got these 14-inch feet, and, and, and everywhere I go, I showed up. It was just yeah. like, here comes Hurricane. Everything's no. about to get ruined. Damn. Um, was, that, was that a bridge for you, alcohol to heroin? Yeah. It was? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, a, it was a long bridge, uh, yeah. but it all starts with alcohol for me. How old? How old oh, you? I was young, man. I mean, I was, I was young. I think yeah. I was probably 11, 12 years old when I Damn, started drinking. Man, but, but, I mean, really put, turning it on, I was in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. Um, how how did that uh, how did that transformation um, you know from this entrepreneur mindset bear hugs and then into drinking and using drugs how did that affect your family man oh it affected them tremendously I mean it, it alienated me from the entire family yeah so I'm the oldest of four um, and yeah so it was like where <laughs> Brandon's not coming on family vacations Brandon's sure. out doing the, Brandon's gone. So yeah, it, it it affected the family tremendously. So much so that uh, today it's like a beautiful thing. I got my brother who came to treatment with. Uh, I, I had a family weekend in treatment back in '07, uh-huh. I think it was, and you know they made us do the family weekend. Look your family in the eye. How has my addiction affected you? Type thing. Yeah. With 12 days sober, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know. <laughs> I was in that room and I just planned on getting by and, and my brother told me you stick another needle in your arm I'll never talk to you for the rest of your life his friend had just passed away from heroin three days prior to having to come oh, yeah. see his older brother in treatment Damn. and I used for another four years straight um, today that man is my business partner my best friend and I see him on a daily basis uh, my sister my younger sister works here at foundations yes. I helped get her an interview here at foundations and she works in the field yeah um, my what? mom and my dad are huge uh, recovery um, activists in their hometown in Cleveland, Ohio, where 26 people a week die from a heroin overdose. And a lot of their friends come to them for help. 
man so this is this has turned into a, a family business really yeah in a sense i mean i don't i, don't, I hate to i don't even want to say business like i don't like to put a business even that word on it but it's a it's a community where you guys have came together to really help other people yeah and um the irony in that is you 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 took a a terrible situation man for yourself and were able to turn it around and now using it to help other people so i'm i'm a firm believer in and god has a plan for all of us and oh yeah 100%. he has a path for us you know 100% I mean? because it is a god thing so i didn't ever yeah. want to work in treatment when i got sober finally i was kind of glad that i was done with the whole treatment thing um, because I had been through it a bunch, 15, 20 times I'd been checked into detoxes, treatment centers. I had no desire to work in treatment. Yeah. And what happened was, at four months of sobriety, I went back to Cleveland, Ohio. I went to the bar that everyone goes to the night before Thanksgiving, and I saw a bunch of old friends. Two of them had heroin in their pocket. They saw me. They said, whoa, you look different. I said, you look the same. If you need help, ever call me. <laughs> and within a month, both those guys called me, and I moved them out to California just because they asked for help. And then we got a three-bedroom house, and uh, I just showed them what I was doing and helped these guys change their life. And, uh, f you know, the recovering community would come over to our house for barbecues yeah. and games and shit. And it would just got jokingly called the Ohio House because that's where we were all from. Yeah, dude. That and so, and I want to I want to get into that. And before we talk about the Ohio House, real quick, what was that light bulb mo moment for you, or did you have a light bulb moment where you, it just kind of hits you like, like I have to change? Was it a God thing? Was it something that was kind of forced upon you that turned into that, or how did that work for you? Well, I can tell you that the night before I got sober on August second, two thousand and ten, I was living in my car. I was homeless. I was living with a dog, and uh, I had been in there for some time, and. Uh, I was staying at a hotel in the parking lot. You know, I, was, I didn't have a room. Uh, but that night, I said, God, you don't exist. Uh, if you did, you'd get off that cloud you're sitting on, and you'd come into this car, and you would do something, because I'm going to die within the next three days. I don't believe you exist, and uh, prove me wrong. And uh, that morning, I walked into the, uh, to the breakfast joint at the hotel to ask for a cup of coffee. And they said, okay, it's two bucks. And I said, we'll charge it to room 213. And they said, oh, no, we don't do that here. And at that moment, I had zero hustle. Uh, my whole entire life, I was able to get what I needed, yeah. especially when it came to drugs. I got it done. That morning, I could not hustle a cup of coffee. I looked at that person. I said, okay, and I left. Yeah. And I thought to myself, if I go to the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at 7 a.m., I can get a cup of coffee and I can get a cigarette. And so I drove over there. And before wow. I got out of my car that morning, I pulled the rear view mirror down in my own car and looked myself dead in the eyes and I said, hey, Brendan, let's try something different today. Let's try to stay sober for one day. And I've never had a drink since. And uh, it is uh, real for me when I think about that, knowing that I don't pull my rear view mirror down and focus on my own eyes. I don't tell hard, myself to stay to sober do, for one day. And I do feel that it is a God thing that kind of came yeah. into that car like I asked and, and it kind of made me look at myself. Damn, dude, you're bringing a tear to my eye. Dog. Mm. We're going to have to get a bear hug afterwards. <laughs> I'll give you a bear hug. <laughs> dude, that's so cool, man. It's so, like, it's amazing. So so transitioning now into the Ohio house, so you kind of already touched on that. Uh, you brought your two homies from from back home. They came out to, uh, to Orange County with you. Um, you guys kind of formed the recovery house. And then what happens next, man? Well, what happened next was, that's a great question. I was working in aviation. I was on airplane parts. I got myself a big boy job in my first six months of sobriety, and it felt good. Um, but I would come home every day from work, and I'd go work, work on the house with these guys. And uh, I was getting a lot more out of it. And, and my phone started chirping. Uh, what happened was one of those guys, actually both of those guys relapsed at seven months of sobriety. Really? So I got a year 
and then both of them went out with seven months. And you were all living together. At this yeah, we time. were all living together. And so I had a year of sobriety, and I gave both those guys multiple chances. And ultimately, uh, my own recovery was at risk, so I kicked them out. Yeah, sure. And uh, you know, today one of those guys is sober, and one's not. Uh, but I was left with a three-bedroom house, and I couldn't afford to live there by myself. So, it, it, coincidentally enough, my phone started chirping. Hey, is there any beds at the Ohio house? People called it a business before. It was just my yeah. house. So I, I said, yeah, you know what? Come by. I started filling my house up with newcomers who had 100 bucks or 150 bucks and wanted a place to stay. And yeah. I started working with them. And I called my dad one day. I said, hey, Pops, um, I think I'm going to pursue this Ohio house thing full time. And he's just, he just laughed. He said, you better make it work. So I left. I left that aviation job and said, I'm going to do this. Really? Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a straight up leap of faith, man. Yeah. I mean, in a sense, right? I mean, but, Absolutely. But at the same time, would you say that, uh, that you, like, I don't, for me, like, I know, I know when I'm doing something and I'm passionate about it, I know that that's it. And it sounds like you kind of just knew that same thing, like, this is it. This is what I want to do at that time. Well, it was designed. It was laid out yeah. for me. It wasn't my, really my choice. It, yeah. was like, it was like, this is what you're so doing, crazy. man. Um, just wake up morning, wake up early, and just go to work. Yeah, like you're used to doing. Yeah, and just work because this is you. This is what you're doing. And yeah. uh, and I really didn't. It wasn't a business plan. There wasn't really anything going on. That it was not my idea. It was yeah. an accident. Isn't it funny too how we can take a, like whether whether we're um, you know addicted to heroin, we're addicted to alcohol, whatever substance, whatever thing it is, the effort that we put in. To, to getting high, to getting drunk, to deceiving mm. others around us, to you know not show our true colors, whatever it is. If we take that effort, man, and put it into something positive, dude, it's like you you could crush it like that. So absolutely. Um, so get so talk about today now. So since the Ohio House started, uh, where is it today, man? Well, I mean, just just to back up and talk what you just yeah, said right yeah. there. Like I I love it because it's it's so true. It's like as, as alcoholics and drug addicts, what you're talking about there is it's like it's this fiber in our DNA yeah. that we can relate to. Now, uh, when you take the drugs and alcohol away, that fiber that in our DNA has not gone anywhere. It's actually just falling asleep. It needs to be focused on. It needs to be tapped into. It's like kind of like hush hush we have like a secret superpower yeah. gene you know and it's fucking yeah. cool and if we can use it and and benefit others with it and tap into it i yeah. mean goals i mean come on we can do anything yeah and uh and i've been able to accomplish so much by just tapping into that and that's the yeah. first thing i talk to people about it's like hey man you've got this like superpower gene yeah. that you need to tap into and you yeah. need to exercise it yeah uh, and whatever that is for you um, and I see, and I, I, I truly feel like God gives us all a unique gift. So everybody has something special about them. And a lot of the time it's either buried way down deep or when we talk about fear, I mean, we could do a whole nother show on fear about the fear of letting that gift out and really like getting after it and talking about it. Man, think about how much other talent and unique um, people are out there that are struggling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's hopefully, um, why all of us are at a conference at, like this too is yeah. uh, to connect and really branch out and help some other people out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So, um, so Ohio House, I think you have eight houses right now. Is that right? No, we have thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. man. So, um, so tell us a little bit about how it's grown and um, um, where it's at today. Yeah, I might have to update the website or something like yeah. that because yeah, we we actually have thirteen houses. We have ninety six beds, uh, close to thirty employees, uh, and and where it's at today is it's kind of been. Um, 
We've been just, we haven't grown a single bed in the last two years on purpose. We've been. Uh, is this all in Southern California? Yeah. Okay. It's all in the same neighborhood. Is it? I mean, I got five houses right next door to each other. Really? Another, another sets of two. So, I mean, it's a community. Orange County? Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. It. We're right off the, the Newport Beach Peninsula up in a city called Costa Mesa. It's about two yeah. miles to the sand right there. I know exactly where that's at. Yeah. It's a nice spot. Um, anyway, sorry. Go ahead, man. Yeah. The Ohio house is, is crushing. I mean, we, it's 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 a it's a brotherhood. Yeah. Uh, the the team uh, that we have at the Ohio House is all in. Uh, my guys are not waking up on a daily basis uh, and working for a paycheck. Yeah. we're working for something else, and it's uh, sure, it's man. the communication and the brotherhood and the strength that we have uh, that goes beyond nine to five. Yeah, and uh, really, um, the Ohio House is something very special. And it's, it's, it's been very special for me to, to kind of have this team around because the Ohio House is run by so many individuals and so many people that have like this like expertise in exactly the way that they run their property. Yeah. So each house has a different manager and they live there and they're 24-7 and that's their gig. And, you know, I got the managers who manage by, hey, we're going to go out to a, to a dubstep show and we're going to dance tonight. We're going to have fun. And then I got guys who, hey, you know what? You've never had structure in your life. I'm going to wake you up at 7 a.m. and make sure you get done with your chore and make sure you do your praying before you leave the house and make sure you have a plan throughout the day. Yeah. You know, and I have these different types of managers that, you know, I can, I can get a background on a guy before he moves into the Ohio house and say, you know what? This is going to be a perfect fit for Jeremy. Or this is gonna be a perfect it. fit for Michael. So you can fit that 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 um, that individual in a certain environment in one of the houses that you know that's boom. This is gonna work great for him. Yeah, absolutely. This, this guy's here. Th- that guy's here. They're gonna yeah. mesh well. Dude, that's so cool. What's the age group like? What, My roughly? average age is uh, twenty-five. So we specialize in that 25-year-old heroin addict that's tried to get sober a couple of times. But at the same yeah. time, I've helped guys 60 years old. I've helped 17-year-olds. I've helped professional athletes. I've helped doctors. Yeah. I've helped McDonald's restaurant employees. I mean, it's the whole gamut. But really what we do and what we seem to attract are 25-year-old heroin addicts. Got it, got it. Okay. Um, well, I got a couple more questions for you, man, uh, and we'll wrap this up. Um, what advice, man, would you give would you give someone out there who's Stay listening true. right now? Stay true to exactly what you are and who you are and follow follow every sign that's given to you and run with it because it's there for a reason. Anything that sticks out to you that that, that, that seems to be drawing you a certain direction, if you fight that, you're lost. If you go with it, you'll find yourself. Cool, man, cool. All right, Brandon. We're gonna do real quick the heart and hustle round. All right, okay. it's it's uh it's a couple of quick questions. You put your heart Uh-oh. into each answer, but hustle it up in about thirty seconds to a minute. All right. Okay. All right. So first one, man. This is the fun one. Well, some would call it fun. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily fun. Where's the weirdest place you've ever woken up? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, I woke up in a bush in my front yard on Alvin Street in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> in a bush. Yeah. Upside down. Oh. <laughs> I'm just picturing that. Sorry, bro. That's comedy. All right, number two, man. What's the best thing about being clean and sober? Oh, man. The ability to wake up and, and, just, and just absolutely crush life. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Number three, what's one thing you know now you wish you would have known at the beginning of your sobriety? 
I don't even think about that, man. I, I think that I'm supposed to know what I'm supposed to know when I'm supposed to know it, hmm. and uh, I'm not supposed to know certain things. Yes. I just, it's just more will be revealed. I'm fine knowing what I know right now. I'm, I gotta, I gotta touch on that real quick. I've, I've never really heard that or, or thought about it like that. There's certain things that I'm not supposed to know. Yeah. Because I think, especially as men. We want to feel like we should know everything, no. and we and, and that's not true, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great, man. Thanks for pointing that out. All right, number four, we got two more. Number four, how do you stay sober? How do I stay sober? I stay connected with my, my, my fellow men in Alcoholics Anonymous. I do a twelve-step program. I stay close to God, and uh, I help other people. Number five, man. Last last one. Uh, I know there's some folks out there who are definitely going to be interested in uh, checking out the Ohio House and uh, where can they find that at? And if anyone uh, wants more information, where should they sure. go? Sure. I mean, if they want to check out where the Ohio House is or get in contact with us, it's just www.ohio-house.com. Our phone numbers are on there, and you can email. It comes directly to my personal email. Cool, man. Well, Brandon, thanks for joining us at Innovations in Behavioral Healthcare with Foundations Recovery Network, man. It's a pleasure having you on Sober Guy Radio. Thanks yeah, a lot, man. It. Thank yeah. you very much. Right, man. Thanks for listening. For more information or to join the Sober Guy, Sober Girl community, go to www.thatsoberguy.com. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.